I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. All right, Diane. Welcome. Thank you, Emily. So nice to join you today. Happy Juneteenth to everyone. It's the official national holiday today. I hope you're off enjoying yourselves or doing things that help others. Oh, thank you. I love that. And I've been reading all about you this morning and you are an incredible entrepreneur. For those who aren't familiar with you and your story, how would you describe in your own words who you are and what you do? In my own words, I am a businesswoman. I run a marketing and digital content agency. What that means is we work on branding, public relations, and content marketing. We do it for very large companies, and we also do it for startups. But more importantly, we focus on working with companies that are really our desire to have purpose at their core which we believe is a a revenue generating strategy if you do it authentically. And that there's a huge caveat and that means doing it authentically. Yeah, I noticed you have a very big center around purpose. A lot of what you do is all about purpose, purpose, purpose. Why is that? And what does that mean exactly? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things is that I formed the company to align with my own personal values and I want to start there. The second thing is that I don't see purpose as being niche. It really is mainstream now. Mm -hmm. Any business who's in business needs to understand that the purpose of business is to be a business of purpose. There is lots of ink and data now that provides evidence that it provides a long-term, better long-term economics than being a sort of a short-term transactional company alone. It affects hiring and recruiting. It affects, you know, how you do business, where you do business, what do you want to do business on? The other thing for entrepreneurs out there, a lot of people are starting their businesses and they're at the core of their purpose businesses and are raising tons of money and doing it. We have a telehealth company out there who is a billion dollar valuation. I see another company that basically is a sustainability company and they've kind of built it from scratch, right? Going into their, you know, second and third round of fundraising, but it really operated. I do want to say that it is both. It's not just, you know, one, it's really is both. Mm-hmm. So what does purpose mean to you? What exactly when you say purpose, because people I know are going to be like, well, what do you mean purpose? It really is about finding out what your superpower is Mm. and using that superpower in a way to better the world, right? So let's take BlackRock, for example, that most people are aware of. They have trillions of dollars of assets under management. Their purpose is to improve the financial well-being of others, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously, they're a finance company. Clearly, that's their superpower. And what they're doing is they're using that, they're advocating, they're working across companies and corporations and making sure that they pay attention to things like sustainability, diversity, things that are going to be significant in the long term 
that can disrupt their economic streams. You know, you kind of take a look at Microsoft or look at Patagonia and what they do, right? Same thing. It, it's, it's at the core of what they do. And actually the director of philosophy at Patagonia believes and has said that you cannot differentiate your company without understanding what your purpose is. I think that's really, really important for everybody on the line to understand. So it's not enough for you just to do something, to create something. It's really about what you're going to do as you do that for others and how are you going to use that superpower that you have to really better the world in some way. Is that good? Does that hopefully it answer? Is. My first question is, you know, what's the difference between purpose and passion for you? You know, I don't think there's a huge difference, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. because the truth is, is that most people care about things in the world, right? And they care deeply about them. And passions are really what drive purpose. I mean, you can't be really purpose-driven without, you know, being passionate about something. A lot of companies spend a lot of time trying to understand what an individual's personal purpose is. So then they can take that, they can connect it to the company's purpose. But passion and purpose go hand in hand. So what we are passionate about, usually at its core, we can find, you know, in there somewhere is what you can focus on from a purpose standpoint. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would tell you is that as you select a purpose statement, you've got a litmus test, right? For those out there who do it for themselves, that litmus test is you need to ask yourself, you know, does it lean into what I am best at? Is it compelling? Is it motivating to others? Is it of commercial value, right? Because there is nothing wrong with having a purpose that is commercial, you know, driven as long as you're doing it authentically. You know, people understand that businesses are out there to make money. They get it. They just want you to do it in the right way. And that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, struggle to figure out what that might be for them. Mm -hmm. How do you suggest a new company, a new entrepreneur finds this? I think he needs to sit down with a sheet of paper and literally say, what business am I going to be in? What am I going to be best at? What am I going to be better at than anyone else? Because usually a business is about problem solving, right? You're an entrepreneur. You're thinking about what problem am I going to solve? That really is the number one question, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next piece of that question is, is that as I solve that problem, how am I going to differentiate my solution versus everyone else's solution? Okay. Mm -hmm. That generally kind of tells you what you're best at, right? And then the piece to layer on to that is as a result of doing that, how am I going to take that? in the context of what I'm doing and demonstrate also how I'm improving the world, right? Uh, you know, take a look at the great businesses, real, real. We're familiar with that who are entrepreneurs. They're in the fashion arena, but they leaned into reuse. I mean, that's fundamentally, it's about sustainability, right? And they are basically going out, collecting designer clothes, and they're now used and sometimes new that somebody else has bought them and they are reselling them into the marketplace. They are also now repairing goods. I mean, they are in the sustainability business because fashion was notorious for, you know, hey, I'm coming to the end of my inventory stream and I don't want to put these on the marketplace for discounts. So I'm going to burn them. I mean, literally, I can't remember which top end designer company did this, but they got lots of press about burning their inventory as opposed to allowing it to be resold. If you think about the waste that is there, it's immense. 
So you have to think about it. You have to think about your business, look at your business, what it's doing and how you're running it and say to yourself, how do I use that superpower to make things better? And I trust me, everybody has something. That's fantastic. And for your own company, like when did you get started in entrepreneurship? Let's see. I've probably been an entrepreneur since the dawn of time. Even when I was <laughs> in corporate America, I worked as an entrepreneur, right? That's someone who does entrepreneurial startups inside of large corporations. Mm-hmm. So to give you, you know, when I was in packaged goods, I always worked on my existing portfolio, but I've always launched flankers and new products, et cetera. When I went over to telecom, I actually launched sort of all new products as well as working on existing products and got into launching things like if you're in an Arbok, long distance and ADSL, ADSL, which is high-speed internet at this point, right? We built it from scratch processes, like, like just like you do. You know, what is it? Who do I need? What's going to be the business model? How am I going to talk about it? What processes need to be in place? What processes do I need to build from level one, level two, level three? What systems am I going to build on top of that? So I learned about, you know, sort of entrepreneurial development, you know, sort of cutting my teeth on it inside large companies that could fund that kind of development, but doing it in the right way. And then I also was um, worked on a startup for Kleiner Perkins. It's failed, but I sold it to their partner. And then even from a startup standpoint, my family founded a center for homeless families, um, wow. which it, we now become the largest in the Illinois representing you know, homeless families where we would provide them you know, short-term housing, long-term housing, wraparound services, Bezos Homeless Fund actually awarded us a leadership award, right? Okay. We've all, I've always applied my entrepreneurial skills to everything that I've done. The business that I have today is a marketing company. We're mm-hmm. a branding, public relations, and digital content marketing agency, right? And here what we do is we help established companies. We help new companies like, uh, you know, what's your brand? What's your brand strategy? We need to build a website. We need to bring up your social media. You know, we need to have earned media. You need to have own media. Where are your case studies? Where are your white papers? You know, things of that nature. So I'm still doing it. <laughs> when did you start this current company? You know, it's interesting because when I left corporate America, I turned my attention to the Center for Homeless Families. And I worked really hard on strategy there, getting it going and up. Mm-hmm. And recruited a CEO and put that in place. And, you know, now I think we're winning awards. Then I just started to consult. I had kids, you know, like everybody else, I had younger kids. Then I started to consult um, for companies, got one very, very, very large client and almost did that full time for years. That client is a multinational client, worked in 39 countries, wanted to consolidate all of their sort of, you know, public relations and content to one into their headquarters. And that headquarters was overseas and we didn't do work in, you know, China and Switzerland and all those places, right? So we said, oh, what are we going to do? And we said, oh, we'll start this business, you know, legitimately and seriously. And so then what we did was we focused on, okay, back to, hey, what's our superpower going to be? What do we really like? And we kind of, you know, recognized it as being purpose. And then I think it probably took us, you know, slowly a couple of years to kind of really think through that, build a website, you know, relaunch our brand. So I think, you know, what I really want to say is probably 2019 believe it or not, when we really got started, but we've grown, you know, Forex since that time frame, and continue to, you know, we won 31 awards and, you know, like three years, et cetera. 
So, you know, our key issue now is anybody knows anybody who's looking for a job, please send them to me. I'm looking for account <laughs> managers. Oh, that's <laughs> Social media people too, but I'm looking for account managers right now, especially people who have come from agencies. That's always better for us. So. Uh-huh. That's incredible. So you really elevate and help grow brands, get the name. Yeah, out. we do. We really do. Mm-hmm. That's really, we like to think we make brands relevant. And when you think about that, that journey, that buyer's journey, right? We're really heavy in the awareness and the consideration stage, right? But we'll also develop things that help people in the justification stage. But we're good at what we do. We have a sweet spot in B2B. We can do consumer, we have a sweet spot in B2B. And our verticals tend to be healthcare, health tech, commercial real estate, prop tech, finance, and fintech. And then our horizontal things that we do, we do purpose across everything usually. We also do a lot of DNI work because I wrote a book on DNI. And actually, we consulted for George Floyd's um, family's legal team as well. So, you know, people on the inside kind of know us, know our work, and you know what we do. We're not cheap, but we are worth it. So, <laughs> well, you get what you pay for a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's PR is something that I get asked a lot of questions about often how to get that media coverage. Mm-hmm. All the tips that you share with new businesses, with entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. to be able to get that. Well, the one thing I would say is it's worth it. And you do it, usually have to pay for it. And that's just the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know why is it worth it? Because there's lots of data that indicates that it helps you find investors, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's usually what you're looking for, right? If you think about how other companies enter countries, I think this is a great um, thing. When companies are looking for money to raise money internationally, what they typically do is they typically, many of them will hire a public relations firm. They're trying to get press in that country. So it's not a blind hit. Like nobody wants to, you know, like a no name, right? They're trying to build up some kind of validation around sort of who that company is. So you want to think about it for your, in your ability to raise money, but also in your ability to get additional clients because it just provides you credibility. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for other sources that verify that you are who you say you are mm-hmm. that are credible. And so for that reason, I think entrepreneurs overlook the importance of public relations, but those that have succeeded and that are really good, you better believe they've hired PR firms and they're spending quite a bit of money, legit money on their public relations. But if they don't have one, if they're not at that point yet, how do they get that? If you don't have that, then what I would say is think about what your kind of difference is and you can pick up the phone and try to do it yourself. But I think that's, it's really hard to do, right? I think podcasts are a great thing for entrepreneurs to do like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe they call you, Emily, and say, put me on, my, on a podcast. <laughs> you know, I think that if they can write an op-ed themselves and send it in, they see something that they want to speak out on, you know, send an op-ed into a publication and try to get yourself published that way. That's how your public relations agency will do that for you as well, right? I would say generate content on your site. You are your own media house or your own branding house in this environment. So the number one thing you can do is look at your website that you are building, create a blog area and do your SEO homework in terms of how you'll be found and start blogging. Be your own little media house for a little bit. Okay, start blogging. And then go to other bloggers and see if they will take your blogs, but they can't be on your site too. They'll want unique blogs because you want backlinks to build your presence. And so that is a really smart way for you to do that social media. And most people think that they can do social media. Please try to hire some professional. You just don't understand what a professional can do for you in social media. But it's a hyper-targeted 
source, okay? And what you're looking for is hyper-targeted sources. You can target investors, you can target clients, you can target you know, partners. And a good agency can curate for you that list and go after that list really hard with post and promotive content, et cetera. So you want to do that as well. Actually, I might think for an entrepreneur for you, you're you know, blogging on your site and asking others to blog for you. Social media and newsletters for you might be the most important part of your mix early on for getting, mm-hmm. for getting public relations. What do you think about personal branding? Mm-hmm. What do I think about it? Yeah, for the actual founder behind the company. Oh, you absolutely need to do that because let me just kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit and give you some additional data. There's a lot of research that's been done about, you know, a CEO's brand versus the company's brand. That equity is transferable, right? Mm -hmm. For big companies, it's transferable. And the numbers prove that in terms of the metrics that they've studied to understand that a CEO that brands himself because the equity that he represents, it is as himself, but more importantly, it's about the company he runs. So he can do an enormous amount to lift up the brand of the company by lifting up his own. Many times you'll have um, the press, they will only want to talk to CEOs. They won't want to talk to anybody else in the company. But know that that CEO or you, you are the spokesperson for your brand. That's really important for you to understand that you are the spokesperson for your brand. And as a result, you are building your company's equity by building your own equity in terms of representing the company. Now, what that means is, you know, you don't want to be talking about, oh, I played golf today or I played ping pong or whatever you're doing, or I did my video games, whatever you're doing, right? You want to promote and be a thought leader for the business that your company is in. So make sure your content, your postings lean into that. And you cannot be overly self-promotional. Think about what are the hot issues that are going in the industry? Lean into those issues, talk about them, engage with others that are talking about them. And then a third of the time, Talk specifically about what you and your company are doing, okay? But definitely use yourself as an asset as CEO of that company. I love how you do that for your own company. With oh, absolutely. You have to. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I love personal branding and how it really humanizes mm-hmm. companies themselves. I look at it and say, I am my company's brand. And you need to think about that as well. As an entrepreneur, you are your company. Those two are synonymous you represent, you're the spokesperson for your company, not for yourself, for your company. Mm-hmm. And I think it really too, when you've got that powerful personal brand, it gives you a lot more opportunities. It gives you the ability to pivot and add new things a lot easier and a bit of a safety net even as well. I agree with that. I mean, what I advise entrepreneurs and established businesses on is that they build a strong brand. If you build a strong brand for your company, a brand will carry you. It allows you to go places that you haven't imagined. This is particularly important for an entrepreneur because you're learning as you're developing, right? You may create a platform and then realize, oh my God, that platform is great for all these other things, right? Amazon's a great example of that. They built a platform for books, but oh, they had a platform. So now they can put everything else on it, right? And they were able to do that because they had a strong brand around something. That brand carried them into all kinds of categories using that platform. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. 
when you say that they build that strong platform to carry them through, they build that strong brand, what do you mean? What to you really constitutes that strong thing that everybody should be striving for? You got to stand for something, mm-hmm. right? You have to stand for something. You have to stand for it very clearly in the marketplace. So the question is, what is your point of difference? How credible or believable is it? Okay. Is your operational model clear in terms of how it supports it? Okay. And have you aligned stakeholders to make sure they believe it? The same is true for purpose as it is for business development and evolution. And that is exactly what I mean, right? So Amazon was books. It was an e-commerce selling platform for books. Their superpower was logistics around that and digital selling. And they were able to take those two things and transfer them into multiple other business categories. But they were very clear about what they originally stood for. Now, they're doing a lot of other stuff, granted, but it's because the brand's carrying them. But they went vertical first and then they went horizontal. That's really important to remember. Mm. And it kind of helps, yeah, to carry through as well through the ups and downs and this craziness yeah. <laughs> that's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, does that concern you at all with the craziness that the world has been going through or this upcoming pending recession? Oh, yeah. You know, as an entrepreneur, I think that the one thing that we need to prepare ourselves for is uncertainty and the unexpected. We're living in a world where nothing is certain and everything should be unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. Who would have thought we had COVID, right? Right? I mean, that's just the truth. Who would have thought the political spectrum would change as radically as it's changed, right? Who would have thought that we had the Great Recession when we had it in 2008 to 2012? Like, who could possibly imagine those things? You know, we are living in a world where it is going to change. And my greatest advice is build your business so you're agile and you understand how to adapt to change, right? We also believe purpose helps you do that because part of purpose is this whole deep assessment, self-reflection stage about your own internal capabilities and people, et cetera, and the external environment around you. You've got to build an environment that can pivot. And that's really important that your people can pivot. They can respond quickly. So I think the premium of the day is to respond with intelligence. You know, you got to get good at, you know, smart agility. I mean, that really is the bottom line. And how do you do that? How do you prepare your company for that? And you got to build that in at its core and early on. I love that. And it's really too, and it becomes your personal why. And so when yep. it's kind of, you focus on how it's going to carry you through those mm-hmm. obstacles and all of that. Absolutely. It's about business resilience, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to build a business that's going to be resilient regardless of what happens. That's just the bottom line, right? And people say that's easier said than done. Yes, it is easier said than done. <laughs> that's what you have to strive for. I think it kind of gets easier at the longer you go, the more yeah. you, that you can survive. You're like, okay. That wasn't as catastrophic as I thought. Yeah, it is. It's really true. Mm-hmm. I've weathered another storm yet again. <laughs> weathered another storm yet again. Here comes another one. Kind of built for it. You need to make sure you're built for it. Right? Getting that thick skin and, and really, really embracing yeah. failures. Absolutely. So many of us were told that failure is this bad, awful thing to avoid it. And so we have this huge fear of it and we think it's catastrophic instead of 
how can I learn from this? How can I handle this? Oh yeah. I mean, failure is a good thing. It really is about what you learn from it and how you would move on those learnings. Mm-hmm. How do you incorporate it into your DNA and how you're able to respond to it? You know, I think if you're entrepreneurs, you have lots of role models, you know, and I think some of the bigger ones are Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos, but Jeff Bezos spends a lot of time, you know, talking to his team about, hey, what's my new failure? What's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's building his business to, you know, take risks but to be able to survive as a result of that. One might argue the overbuild into logistics was a risk, right? That's what they're absorbing now. During COVID, they overbuilt because they thought, oh, the numbers are going to stay where they are. Hmm. Um, You know, post-COVID, but people went back to the physical shopping environment. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so they're absorbing that now. You know, I think it went up to... I think, you know, before COVID, it was 90% of shopping occurred at physical retail. People don't really realize that they read about, you know, the e-commerce world. They think it's much larger. No, physical world is much bigger. And then I think during COVID, I think it went down to 80% in the physical stores or 82%. And now it's back up to physical stores to 87%. So yes, there was a gain, but not to the magnitude that I think many of them thought there would be. Wow. I didn't realize that that many people still shopped in store. Oh yeah. Oh yes. They stop in stores. Think about yourself, Emily. Do you do all of your stuff over Instacart or one of those services? Are, are you going back into the retail? Yeah, store? I do about half and half. I, yeah, I order yeah. a lot online, but I also enjoy going to a store. That's exactly right. People enjoy it. I mean, for some people, if you think about it, the store became their mental break. It was the only place you could go. I can't go to movies. I can't go to restaurants. It's the only place I could go. And darn it, I'm going, right? I'm wearing my mask, going, right? I was looking forward to it a lot of the time. Yeah, I was looking forward to it, right? It was my one outing that I got in the car for. It's horrible, but true. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> That's funny. It's um, really funny. So what do you think is the best way to kind of, I don't know, super-proof your business, recession-proof it, to plan it? I mean, I know it's hard, but what would you say is some of the things that you would suggest somebody look to implement or plan? Um, I would say the biggest thing is to build responsiveness into your business. Oh. If it's not a core value, it should be, right? So having, and most businesses do this now, right? Um, you know, having a really strong program management system. You know, some people use, you know, I don't know, Asana, Hive. You can name them all. There are a bunch of systems that are out there for project management. If you are a business use that. Please use that, right? Because it helps you develop, you know, to understand what you have to do to achieve what your goals are, you know, what you really have to do one, two, three, four. And it sets milestones and timeframes for doing that, right? But what it does more than anything else, it makes your company operate in a highly productive and effective way. And if you get good at time management, what you also see is when you miss a date, you bring resources to the table to say, okay, I'm behind in this. And how am I going to re-engineer to make up this time? Okay. If you have that mindset, it's kind of building the agility and pivoting. As you watch in the marketplace and do things, you need to have the same kind of responsiveness. Oh, this happened. Now I have to do this, right? If I know that the supply chain is broken and I cannot get paper or I don't know, I can't get this or that, what am I going to do instead? Right? You know, I wrote a book and books are a great thing, but right now we have a paper supply shortage, okay? My thing was, okay, I'm going to soft launch it because I can't hard launch it. I'm going to bring it up digitally, right? Without the hardcover. Usually those come up together. I'm not going to do it together because I got a two-month wait now for a hardcover book. 
And my data is getting age, but you got to think about, you know, how can I still do what I need to do in the existing environment and modify? If I know that inflation is high and costs are really rising significantly on one thing, is there a lower cost, something that I can access instead? Yes, there'll still be inflation on it, but it's a substitute and the substitute has a better pricing uh, model. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same thing in personal life. You know, if I drive a lot and I know that that gas is out of sight and I can't afford all that, you know, can I walk? Can I take the bus? Can I take the train? You know, can I get a scooter and rent it, right? It is scenario planning that's to your advantage, but it's doing it quickly, which is more. Don't let problems get out of hand. Don't sit there and let it happen to you, right? Sort of look at it, you know, hit the trend line, understand it, and try to provide yourself some clarity on what you're going to do, but build agility of mind and action into your business. Brilliant. Love that. Oh my gosh, so many great nuggets to hand. Now, where can people find more information about you and more information about your company if they want to follow more? You can go to LinkedIn and look for me, Diane Primo. You can link in with me. You can go to my website, which is purposebrand.com. Dot com. If you have a business need where you want to, you know, work with somebody on branding or public relations or you know content marketing, you can go to Purpose Brand. There's a contact us section. Contact us. It's usually info at purposebrand.com. And then if you want to just learn about purpose or DNI, I've written several books. And my book on purpose is called Adapt. If you go to my website and you look at the navigation bar, hit books. You will be able to read about Adapt and see where to buy it. You can do that as well. But Adapt is about you know making creating a more resilient business with purpose, right? And as I think you hit on it, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. So the focus is on doing it in a divisive world. That's it. That's Perfect. Well, I will link all of those down below. But thank you so much for joining us today. This was really oh, incredible. And everybody listening, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you head on over. You give Diana a follow. Check out all the different stuff that she is up to. And you can also share this episode on social media. Tag Mind Your Business. We love to see all the support. And we will see you back very soon with another episode. <laughs>